Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. One, two, and here we are. Here we are. We're back again. Back once again. Yet again. We don't have Z with us yet. I'm sure he'll be gracing us any moment now. He'll be making his way here. He's still asleep. He's had a long week. (laughs) He just plays until it gets dark outside, and then you got to go get him, so... Yeah, he's become like an old school free range kid, man. Have you just been? You guys got streetlights in the neighborhood, right? Yep, yep. Have you, have you just told him, "Hey, streetlights, come on, come home." Ah, I, I call him a streetlight kid because that's when he needs to come home, but he doesn't always. He doesn't not always. Attention, I <laughs> no, 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 no. He'll uh, streetlights turn on here when there's still a little daylight. So, you know, I'm like, man, if there's daylight outside, you can play. But eventually it gets dark. I'm sure the other parents want you to go home so they can go on with their day. But yeah, he's got a, a buddy that he hangs out with. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's funny. I guess Kelly was talking to his mom yesterday when she went to get him. And she was just saying like, yeah, you know, we're, we're always going and doing stuff on the weekends. And we never, 
even knew like other kids were around here. So uh, it's like, you know, good to find other kids for him to play with. And Same age? He's a year younger. Okay. So, close but, yeah, enough. Close, yeah. Enough. close enough. But, uh, yeah, so she's, you know, it's time to kill it. Like, even when things go back to quote-unquote normal, he'll probably still be hanging around more so he can play with his, you know, Z and his other friends and stuff. That's cool. Man, playing with kids is super important. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm, I'm glad Z's, like, this... Uh, that this happened because, like, I mean, honestly, unstructured playtime without, like, adult just over-supervision, right? Like, you need an adult on the premise in case something goes wrong, but you don't have an adult just, like, there. Mandating. Mandating. Regulating everything. Right, regulating everything. Oh, got time to share. Everybody take turns yep. now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, that is just, that's just so rare. And I think that there's just, there's a lot more of that going on with kids now because it's just like the current situation which is good i I think and but yeah uh, it's i'm looking at how z's uh the you know the social aspect of it and just like you know hey man you can go around the neighborhood he has his boundaries but he has the freedom to go and do stuff and he's out of sight like a lot of the day and like how that's just that wasn't it's not really the norm for this day and age and it's not good for kids mm. like they need that that unstructured unsupervised playtime with other kids and so yeah I yeah, thought I, about I can, that I can see that being nerve wracking as a parent too especially because it's that's not really the norm and then have, getting yourself comfortable with that like not knowing exactly where your kid is you know, yeah. you know, he doesn't have a tracker device on him. You know what I mean? So you don't know exactly where he's at. Is he safe? Yeah, I, I could, that, that would take a little bit of uh, inoculation, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. Maybe, you know, yeah. I'm just, no, no, again, no, I don't have a parent. No, man. Parent. I, don't have I mean, kid, I'll so. tell you, like, when we got to go look for him, when it's time, like, all right, I got to go get Z and tell him to come <laughs> home. Like, man, I'm not going to lie. There's, there's that, like, until you find him, until there's, like, visual confirmation there's that like a little bit of anxiety, little bit of just like in okay, man. We're like, what? What is? you know? Yeah, what if? And it's like you can't, you, you can't help mm-hmm. but feel that. But but you know that what if's always there. But you got to be like sane about it, you yeah. know. And that's that's the thing that I try to do is you know just look at like okay, what are we doing and like why are we doing it this way? And does it really make sense? And if not, then fucking why are we doing it? And so. You know, like with the kid's birthday party, right? Like when you were a kid and you had a birthday party, didn't you want to open your presents first? Yep. Did your parents let you? Not that I recall. Why? I don't know. What the fuck, man? It's your birthday. Yeah, it was always... Why are we doing this? It was always the people had you wait for everybody to get there and then have the dinner and then have the cake and the whole whole thing. Fucking whole rigmarole. Right, yeah, exactly. And so when my kids had their birthdays, I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm like... Why? Why do we do it that way? Why do we do it that way? They want to open the presents. I got to stress myself out. Like the whole, you open them, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just we'll open them. them. And it's like, just let them open their presents. Let them do their thing. And so, you know, I try to apply that mindset to different things. But that's one of those, man. Like when he's gone, man, I think back. I'm like, fuck, dude. My parents didn't know where the hell I was. And my range of Rome was way Big. bigger than what Z's is, man. Yeah. Like, I don't think my parents knew, had really any fucking clue how far I roamed. Because there was no, 
you know, I don't know. I don't remember there being a boundary. I just remember it kind of being like a common sense thing. Well, I, I remember, especially at my, I had a really good friend. His name was Wesley growing up. And so we moved out of Flint, out to Flushing. And then I would go back to his house back in Flint a lot during the summer, man. Yeah. Like, all, all the time. Yeah, dude. We were free-range kids. And I remember, and it was always like these main roads. Like his mom would say, okay, don't cross... One was like Court Street, I remember. The other one was like Ballinger Highway, if I remember. There was a few like like busy roads. Mm-hmm. But like you stay in those boundaries, I don't care. Yeah. Just don't cross those main roads. But of course, we're like, oh yeah, we're, oh, what's on the other side of Court Street? Over there. <laughs> it must be really good if we can't go over there. Yeah, I mean, like 7-Eleven over there must be way better. Way better. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I mean, there's no way the parents knew whether you were going out of those boundaries or not. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, we, but yeah, we would, dude, we would wander far. Just, yeah, the, not like, yeah, just, just fucking happened. bored. We're yeah, just bored, like, just explored, just being explored. a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Jimmy lives over in this neighborhood. Let's just see if we can get over there. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so anyways, I think about that. I'm like, dude, we all grew up fine. So me sitting here freaking out about, oh, I don't know where Z's at. I don't have eyes on him at all times is hypocritical. Yep. And so that's where like, you know, you got the reaction, the what if reaction is normal, but you got to be able to separate yourself from that feeling and think about it. Like, okay, like, you know, cost of benefit ratio. Like if I give into this, you know, what's the cost of like, there's going to, there's, it's going to cost Z something. He's not going to develop the same way. And you know, is there, is the risk really there? Right? Like is, is, it could just be an imagined risk. Well, I mean, it's, you know, there's always something, but what is the real risk, right? right? When you really break it down and you know, unfortunately, I mean, I keep, it's kind of like the fucking coronavirus thing. It's like, you know, what is that risk to benefit ratio? And, you know, you got to at some point apply some sort of logic that you're going to apply to most situations. So if you look at the statistics and you see that the odds of your kid being kidnapped or something happening to them is lower than, for example, like you uh, getting in an accident and getting killed or something like that in your car and you're not going to stop driving, then this doesn't make sense. Right, like that has to be a certain threshold where you're just like, okay, yeah, this, there's always risk in everything, man. But like, what is the real risk to benefit ratio? And then we got to make a decision based on that, because otherwise, you're just giving into emotion, mm-hmm. right? Like that emotion, like that. That's it's like, oh my god, what could happen to my kid? Like, it is, man. It's that gut reaction. And it doesn't feel good, but you just respond to that visceral emotional response. Sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes it's not. And if you if you don't have some set of principles that you're able to run your decisions through, you end up just responding emotionally. And then it's just like, it's not the that's same a, thing. It's not a healthy way to no. go through life. There it's may be some a- crossover, right? Like responding to things emotionally may cross over with the right way to respond to things, you know, like 75, 80 plus percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But it's going to not, right? Like there's a difference. There's going to be situations where you'll respond to them differently emotionally than you should if you have some sort of filter to run it through. And so, but yeah, that's, uh, I think it's hard for people to do in general and you're not really encouraged to do it. You know, it's like, how does it make you feel? Well, that person made you feel this way by not acknowledging you as a Z or a Z or whatever the fuck gender noun you want. Right? Like that's so whatever, man. 
I'm gonna let my kid ride free. It's good for him. Yeah, fuck yeah. Bought him a ramp, let him jump me. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I want to partake in that. I want to get I want to get jumped over, man. Yeah. And I do. I do. <laughs> That's funny. I do. He'll he will probably be happy to oblige you. I'm sure he will. But yeah, that's uh again, risk to benefit ratio. Like can he get hurt jumping shit? Fuck yeah. I've hurt myself. If anybody understands the risks of it, I understand the fucking risks. But I also understand how much goddamn fun it is. Fun. He's so yeah. funny. He's hitting his jumps like, Dad, it's so fun. It's so fun. I'm like, dude, trust me. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Jumps are a lot of fun, man. Yeah. A lot of fun. But uh, but yeah, I bought him a fucking plastic jump. It's so much better than building jumps. Just like finding a scrap piece of wood and yeah. stacking it up on a rock. Yep, it is. Because <laughs> those usually collapse on those you. Those usually collapse, yeah. I never had one actually collapse on me. We tried to stack a few things up. What I remember doing was having the, because uh, <clears throat> all, like, these curbs here where it's, like, just, like, this constant slope. Yeah. Like, I, that's new school. I, you know, in the old days, everywhere, like, you had like fucking curbs, hard man. Hard rectangle. Hard rectangle curbs. Yeah. And then you had the little slope that went into the driveway and the slope to come out. Yep. So you get speed you and hit that little fucking Heck slope, yeah, man. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah. I remember jumping the fuck out of those. Yep. And then I really like the ones that would have... Like the two driveways are butted up beside, and yeah. they have like the little yes, me- a little the, gap, the little median yes. kind of thing in between. You yes. know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, and oh so, yeah, yeah. So that fuck for sure. Yeah, that was cool when you did, you knew you knew where all those were in the neighborhood. Yeah, like oh yeah, that's over there, riding your buddy's house and yep. just hitting shit. And then we had a uh, a park that had a canal and there was a ditch that was there, and so we would had it set up where we could go down in the ditch and come out the other side and, and fucking catch some air. And, uh, yeah, I knocked myself out on that thing one time. It was funny. It wasn't even the jump. I was like, I was trying to, I was like, man, I'm going to fucking fly this thing. And so I'm like coming in to the run in as fast as I could. And I went to turn into the ditch and the kids say that my, my pedal, my foot clipped the root that like, I didn't even fucking know was there. And dude, I just, I woke up on the fucking ground. Like, Whoa, what happened? (laughs) They're like, whoa, man, like, yeah, man, you clipped that root up there, went flying, and I was like, huh, all right, where's my bike? <laughs> Maybe I won't go that fast. <laughs> but you don't know that until you try it. Fuck no, no helmet, oh my god, yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, I remember hitting that fucking, that ditch jump, we put a cup, you get like a big big gulp like 40 you know and put it on the side like right by the lip where you'd come out so you could jump over it oh yeah just something to jump over something to jump over yeah oh let's move it out let's move it out that's what we were doing when i fucking knocked myself out because we were trying to like see who could jump the furthest over the cup and so i was like oh okay we'd moved it out a little bit so i was like i'm fucking sending it (laughs) boom (laughs) i remember yeah in uh the neighborhood where my parents live now there's some decent sized ditches all throughout that neighborhood. And so building the ramps to jump over the ditch, that was mm. always a thing. And I remember we had this one kid that lived right on the corner. So his house had a bigger ditch. And it actually kind of almost had a decent landing. It wasn't real sloped, but yeah. there was a little bit of downgrade to the landing. It yeah, wasn't at least just landing. it wasn't an upslope. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> a negative upslope. landing. Yeah. <laughs> and so there, it was a little more forgiving, you know, once you cleared the ditch. And yeah, we used to launch off that thing, dude. It was so much fun. Because you, you'd gap jump it, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, we were kids. It wasn't that big of a gap. Dude, but it doesn't matter. It, it feels it, like fucking your superhero yeah, yeah. flying. 
But there was more than one of us neighborhood kids who got fucked up doing that. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, jumping your bike, man. It is so much fun. But you need a lot of momentum to cover any uh, distance. And, the human... and you, you need more momentum than you think a lot of time. And until you get skilled at it. And, yeah. you, can, and you can judge. Right. But it's that's, how to use the fucking the pop the ski the there's you know the thing is man that because even with skiing like when you have tabletops or gap jumps there until it like you don't really know how much speed you need until you do it a few times right and you either the first few times you do it it's a crapshoot like yeah. I think I need to and you're just going by feel I right. think I need to go about this fast and then if you, the first couple times you do it it's like you're just guessing. You're just fucking pissing into the wind. Yeah. And you're like, okay, maybe about this. You're you know, trying to draw on some experience if you have any. If you have that, any. Yeah. And then you just, and then if you don't do it right and you land on the top of that tabletop and just eat shit or yeah. you overshoot the landing, like, uh, yeah. That's a. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. There's nothing like that first time hitting something new. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's such a pure moment. Because you don't, you don't have any real context. You don't have any experience to draw on. You just, you are literally going on pure instinct. <laughs> and then the next one, you have some sort of mental construct to yeah. work from. So it's always different. It's always fucking different. But that that first time you hit something, man, it's such a a pure moment. That uh, yeah, but it's also uh, like you said, you're just guessing. <laughs> so I always like to try to overcook things rather than undercook them. Mm-hmm. But it uh, maybe just because I had suspension on a bike, and so it was a little easier to do that. But yeah, you didn't want to come up short on a fucking either, gap either jump, man. Either way is not good. Either way is not. No, good. no, <clears throat> no. You want to try to grease it for sure. But anyways, jumping shit's fun. <clears throat> Cal- calculated good. risk, and just when you're younger, there's not a lot of calculations going on. No. Just because you don't, like you say, you don't have any frame of reference. You don't have any context to draw from, so you're just like, okay, this seems about right. <laughs> yeah. Your history tells you that you're invincible and you're not going to, like, you're fucking awesome. Yeah. So it takes a few years for life to teach you teach otherwise. You, the, the universe you're not you. special, motherfucker. You are not. You can break. <laughs> All of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, I got to look at this differently. But, yeah, it's good, man. He's, uh... I'm actually looking at getting this thing called the MTB Hopper, which is a, it's, it's fucking pricey, but it's pretty sweet setup, like a, to make a jump. And so it's, uh, I have to show you like, but you can control how high it is. And then you can control if it has a, an angle or not. And then it packs up. It's like made out of, uh, made out of fucking wood. And it's pretty sweet. It's like an adult kicker ramp, portable kicker ramp. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, because I can't hit his, because I'll break it. It's, I tried once or twice, and I was like, oh, yeah. This is not going to hold up. No, 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 no. I mean, all I did was, like, get to it and basically, like, kiss my front wheel off of it to get a little, like, extra bunny hop boost. You know, I'm, I'm not hitting that thing. And even then, I could tell, like, if I mistime this... I'm going to crush this fucking thing. Like, it's only rated to 125 pounds. And so, yeah, I'm definitely more than a rooster weight. But, so, yeah, I got to get my own jump. So, either got to build one or I can buy this one. Prefabbed one. Yep. <clears throat> it's always a good uh, write-off for my mountain bike camps. Yep. Show somebody how to hit a jump and then it's a write-off. 
or I can just say that me learning how to hit jumps better, so now I can write about it. So it always ties back. Somehow. Makes you a better coach. It does, man. It does. Experience. Yeah. Yeah, knowing how to jump shit. You know, I always wondered that. You think, you think about, you, you see, you know, in MMA or jiu-jitsu, almost all the coaches and instructors were former athletes or still, you know, still athletes or competitors. Yeah. But then if you look at, you know, and even, even in professional basketball, a lot of coaches are former players. A lot. You know, or they at least they played at like a decent college level. Yeah. But then you look at football, they're just a bunch of old, fat, white guys that don't look like they ever played football, anything past high school. You ever noticed that? I mean, I'm not a huge sports fan, but you don't see a ton yeah. of ex-football <coughs> players coaching, right? Um, You do. Yeah. I oh, mean, do you? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely quite a few ex-players. I mean... Like at a high... Like they played at a high level, like professional players? Maybe not professional but definitely, I'd say like there's a lot of them that played at least in like the high school, uh, you know, college level. If they went, I, mean, I would assume I would assume almost all of them played high school football just because they love the sport. You know, yeah. they wouldn't be a you know, professional coach if they didn't love it. You'd be surprised how many didn't though. Really? Well, because it's a lot of it is, uh, you know, football. There's there's a lot of how to put it. There's an intellectual side. It's just like baseball, man. Like Theo Epstein, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's he's a, a, a general manager. So like basically he runs teams. So he figure, he hires the coaches, he gets the players, he does all that shit. He ain't no fucking baseball player. He just knows the numbers. Like he and so you can apply. There's that side of that to sports, like pretty much every sport today. So you, you'll find people that don't necessarily have uh, a ton of direct experience with the sport who are involved with coaching it in some way because they just have like a niche area that they are really good with. And so, uh, but I would say the bulk of people definitely have some direct experience playing football and. You know, there are a lot of ex-players that do it, but... Is there? Yeah, I think the problem, what you're saying, what because what you're observing is that, you know, football uh, requires mammoth humans. Right. And mammoth humans age differently than regular humans. That is true. I mean, it's just, it's hard, man. Like, you're just a massive human being. You're doing a lot of shit to be massive and strong. And, you know, you're broken down, you're hurt, so it just... Not like exercising is the same, you know. You got fucking replaced knees and hips and all this shit. So I just think a lot of them, their physical appearance uh, is because they're fucking ex players. Okay. Kind of thing. So it's kind of like the same in dogs. You know, you get past pretty. You know, like well, Aka's about an eighty pound dog, right? Seventy yeah. pound dog. So, yeah, somewhere like 70, yeah. So, he, you know, he's he considered a large breed, but not large <laughs> enough to where it's like wears on his lifespan. But you start getting to like a 100-pound dog or more, they don't live a lot. It's hard long. being that it's big, It's hard man. being that big. You know, the same applies to humans. Yeah. Just, it's taxing. Yeah, it is. It takes a lot more energy, mm-hmm. just a lot more wear and tear on the body. So, yeah, I, that's, again, that's my observation. Just, I mean, I do follow sports a little bit. Well, Tom Brady's with Tampa Bay now. Is he? Yeah. That's weird. And and Rob Gronkowski came out of retirement and went to Tampa Bay too. So, 
don't know if you remember that guy. The Gronk. He was <laughs> their like tight end, like their star. He played with Tom Brady. Yeah. And, and, and the Patriots for a long time, right? Yeah. He's a beast. He's a beast, yeah. How long has he been retired for? One season. Oh, just one season? Yeah. That, that'll happen. Especially, it's fun. Like Jason Witten, who's a tight end for the Cowboys, he did the same thing. He quit for a year and then came and they, back. Like, oh, it's too much fun. I can make some loot. Yeah, yeah, they they can make some money playing, and it's, I mean, what are you going to do, sit at home? So, it's not, you know, it's hard work, but it's not fucking terrible work. And they so, still have the physical ability to do it, yeah. which is fleeting. A lot of times, they just needed the year off to recover from injuries. That's the thing, like, they just, you know, if you think about it, a lot of these guys have been playing since high school. So, from, and, and before that. I mean, do you think about that? Pop Warner football when they're six years old, seven, eight years old. Football every year since you were six. I just got to wear on the body. Like, the body just needed a year off. And all of a sudden, I was like, all right, I can do this thing again. Like, yeah, that that, that happens. Uh, But, yeah, it'll be interesting because, yeah, Tom with Tampa, we're going to see who was, was it Tom with that system or was Tom really. That Did, quarterback, they know he's old as fuck. Does Tampa Bay have a good system to plug him into? I mean, yeah, they good. They got a good uh, coach and offensive coordinator, all that good stuff. They yeah. got a good, good program in place. Yeah, I, I don't know shit. I even asked that question. I hesitate to ask it because I'm gonna sound like an idiot. <laughs> no, no, man. I mean, I don't think everybody. There's definitely a lot of people, especially listening to this, that don't follow that shit. Super close, but yeah, in general, the their coach is a good, uh, like, well known offensive kind of like quarterback guru type coach and they had two really good receivers last year they had a good quarterback last year he just uh he threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions with which no one's ever done before so he's you know very inconsistent and so if you have a chance to get tom brady it's uh sorry buddy what do you think the NFL season's gonna look like in light of this new pandemic. You think it's gonna Ooh. be? You think it's gonna be all cleared up by then, and there's gonna be packing stadiums? No, no. Because that's only. I mean, they start playing preseason games well August, right? September. Yeah, man. I see. Probably what you're gonna see is like a hybrid thing where you're gonna have limited crowds. You know, limited. You know, like they're just gonna have to limit it to to keep the distancing thing in place. And then uh, just, you know, relying on the television audience. Hmm. So. Yeah, I wonder how all that's going to shake out with professional sports. Yeah. I mean, UFC's embracing it. Didn't they buy an island and they're going to fucking fight on an island or something? I don't know. That's the rumor. Is that, is that not happening? No. Well, they're doing it. The, their next couple shows are going to do in Florida. I think at the WWE facility. I could be wrong with where they're doing it, but... Like, the WWE has still been running shows, but they run them at their facility. With no crowd? With no crowd, yeah. I haven't seen any of the matches. I want to watch one. They had a whole WrestleMania and shit. I heard, I heard that. So, it's like, dude, what is wrestling like with no crowd? I mean... It's part of it, right? It's the I mean, whole it, thing. It's a performance. Here. It's a performance. And, like, how, like with performing without the crowd is... Uh, is, is interesting. I mean, they have it, right? You'll have your promos where they're sitting there, like, talking to Mean Gene, and, you know, there's no crowd, but, you know, but they'll play it to a crowd, and you hear, like, the crowd reaction. But anyways, point is, is uh, um, the f- governor of Florida declared, not WWE specifically, right? He declared, like, professional sports or, like, entertainment things, like, 
some like something that they fall under the umbrella as an essential business. And so they fall under that umbrella. And so WWE is, you know, termed an essential or deemed an essential business. And so... Only Florida would do that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, again, it's... If you're going to... When are we going to let adults be responsible? You know, like, if, if you have adults that want to be responsible and they want to take the precautions and they want to do the things that are necessary to put this on and, and you're making sure that they're doing that, then, like, what the fuck is the deal? Right? Like, I, I, and yeah, I'm that glad goes, somebody is. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Yeah. With just letting your kid go out and explore and not over-parenting. Right. It's, like, it's, it's kind of the same. The federal government like, oh, like, wants to be overbearing parents right yep. now. And you, you, you got to let us, quote-unquote, kids right. get out there and play until the streetlights come on. Figure it out, man. Figure Maybe it out. we fuck it up. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's, it's our... It's, you know... the Yeah, anyways. Sorry. But no, 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 man. It, yeah, so... Um, the fuck are we talking about? Florida WWE. Oh yeah, yeah, business. yeah. I'm glad somebody let those guys do it. But so WW, so that opened up the opportunity for other sports to come to Florida. I think boxing is actually looking at starting to put on matches in the next uh, you know month or two. And again, they're going to be in Florida. I think using facilities, if not WWE, something there. But yeah, that's the new. So you know, someone like like I said, the UFC is already embraced. I mean, they ran their last one with no crowd. In Brazil, remember that? I heard about it. I didn't watch it. Or yeah, anything. yeah, but I mean, they did, and I, I did watch it. It was interesting with no crowd, but I will say it was it wasn't horrible. No, no. Yeah, when I'm watching the UFC and pay per view, I I could give a shit less if there's a crowd there or not. Yeah, it, 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 I, without there being a crowd there, it's almost like watching the old Pride fights because the Japanese crowd was always very quiet. Oh yeah. Yeah. And when when a good submission or something would happen, they would clap. But it's nothing like American crowd, right? Where everybody's hooting and hollering and screaming and you know, dumping beer on each other and fighting. And shit. <laughs> and it's, right. It's a different thing. Jumping fences and shit. Yeah, it's it's a totally different thing in Japan, and uh, that's kind of what I could see the feel it. It kind of probably kind of be the same sort of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. But so, anyways. but anyways, yeah, it's uh, so yeah, they're, they're like, but UFC is embracing it. But I think that's going to be the future. I think that's going to be how sports are going to come back. Is they're going to first come back without uh, crowds, without an, uh, an audience. And then they're going to slowly start letting limited numbers in to maintain distancing. And then eventually, you know, open it back up. I don't know when that comes, but... wonder how that's going to... Because there's always downstream effects that you know, are kind of unforeseen. Like, so what's... You know, so you go pro sports that are doing that. They make a lot of money, you know, on ticket sales and the events. So how are they going to try to recoup that money? Are they going to charge more for pay for pay per views? And you know, in the sense of the UFC, or like what? I don't know. It's weird. Like, yeah, because there's it's not just going to be. There's other effects that you can't really foresee until you do something. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to cost. Something, I, somewhere. Yeah. Other things are going to change because of that. Well, you got people, that, the, the vendors that work these things. So you got right. less people to sell to. So what are you going to do there? So yep. you're going to have less vendors. You're going to have less money per vendor. Like, you know, what's going to happen? So, yeah, that's the <clears throat> the big context that you have to take things into account. And a lot of those things, 
they're really just estimates or guesses as to what's going to happen. You don't know how it's all going to shake out until you just say, fuck it and go for it. Yeah. You just got to say, fuck it and go for it and sort it out afterwards. Yeah. Like, okay. I didn't really, I saw this happening, but yeah. I didn't really see that happening. Let's see. Let's, let's make an adjustment in here. Yeah. That, and that's, yeah, that's fucking, that's science, right? Like that's the scientific method. You come up with a hypothesis, what you think is going to happen and you test it and then you measure the results and then you see what the fuck really happened. Like that's what science means. Like that, that's one of the most maddening things about this whole thing was I was listening to, I've been like, I like to watch Fox news and like, you know, CNN or MSN, one of like get the two fucking extremes because both of them will have like a good point every once in a while. Right. It's like somewhere in the middle is where it's at. And one of them had a good point about how, like, this isn't science, right? Like, running these mathematical models is not science, right? Because you're, it's only science that, in, if you have, like, solid data sets to put into the model, you're just guessing at this point. They don't know. And so, like, you can use mathematical models to help predict and speed up a little bit the whole, like, scientific process but it's not science no right like there's no we have, we're not doing an experiment people haven't come forward and said hey this is what we think is going to happen and and here's the experiment and, and here's where we're going to go or at least that's what they they are doing but they're doing it based on these numbers but these numbers again like they change and so it's like but that's the problem like they just because you have a scientist who says that this is what these models predict doesn't make it like actual science but that's how people are like, you know, oh, this, you know, this is the science and, and health experts say that this is what's going to happen. And it's like, you know, it, it sounds like the motherfuckers who tell you like, well, you know, studies show that high intensity intervals burn more fat. It's like, okay, have you seen the studies? What studies are you referring to? Have you actually seen them and read them so you understand what they really say? Or are you just regurgitating what you heard some quote-unquote smart guy say? Because there's a difference. There's a big difference. Huge difference. And and you might be right, but if you haven't seen the studies, it, like that's a different thing. And like you should be a little more cautious with how fucking sure you are about the statements you make <laughs> based on that. And so, and that's what, that's what's going on here. Like how many people here or, you know, around here are listening to this or in the whole fucking country have seen these models, right? I say these models show how many people have actually seen the models and seen the numbers and understand what the numbers are and what they're actually saying and how these different things affect things. Like how many people actually have seen it? Fucking practically none. And yet they're all, you know, all these people are all like, oh my God, the health experts and all this shit. And it's like, you know, you need to simmer your, your fucking uh, enthusiasm a little bit for it because, like, you don't really understand them. So, I don't know. It's not science, man. It's not science. People are taking their best guess and they're using these, these models to try and help do that. But that's why things are so, like, you know, the models turn out to be so fucking wrong. And, and, then, and then they get blasted for being wrong. And it's not, that pe- it's not that the people are idiots. And this is where, again, like, you know, okay, you made a mistake. Like, you fed the best data that you had into the model, and it gave us a wrong answer. And, and so, you know, 2 million people might die. And so we start taking steps based on this number. But then we get better data. 
and, and we feed it in and we find, okay, well, it's not this, it's this. And it's like, well, maybe we should adjust things based on this. And it's like, this is where things get sketchy because like if the health experts would just admit that they made a mistake, we were wrong. You know, it wasn't that we're stupid. It's not that we did it on purpose. It's this is what happened. And so, yeah, we were wrong and we need to adjust course this way. But that's not what's happening. Like people are digging their fucking heels in and being like, oh, no, you don't understand. Like, you know, this might happen and that might happen. And fucking Philadelphia had a parade and they fucking released the Spanish flu and, and second wave killed more people than the first. And it's like, you know what I mean? And so it's like, it's like, fuck, man, like you guys are, uh, that's not the fucking point. So anyways, I don't know. What is the point then, James? I don't know. What is the point? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I've it. You were on a train of thought and then it just went. <laughs> oh, man. I know. It's just, it's not fucking, it's not science. But that that's where people, that's what it was. It's like, that's where people get distrustful, right? Like you see like, hey man, things aren't working out the way that you said. And yet you guys are ratcheting things up. Okay, And that's where people start to say, well, did you guys do this on purpose? Are you guys idiots? You know, and that's where like the distrust, like was this whole thing uh, a sham? You know, instead of just being like, no, we made a mistake and here's why and here's what we need to do. And it's like, yes, part of what we need to do is actually release some of the power that we had when we thought 2 million people were going to die, right? But we don't want to give that power up. So like that, that, there is a little bit of that. Like you've got people with this godlike power that they can decide whether you can get married or whether you can go to the park or, you know, whether you can even go outside on some level. And like, again, we talked about it, like we're not, you know, history uh, experts, but we've read enough to understand the pattern and how many people have been really just stoked to give up godlike power throughout time? Not many. So like, they're, you know, and that's where, people, again, people get distrustful. It's like, why the fuck are we ratcheting things up? So like we live in a county that's, we're going on, uh, we're, we've applied to be released from the governor's orders. So like we're going to a safer at home order on Monday. Is it just our county or is that statewide? That, that's statewide. The safer at home. I guess Denver itself voted to extend the stay at home order through the middle of next month. Okay. But the state itself is released and then, you know, basically counties and cities. You can know, apply to. Yeah, they can handle it the way that they see, see fit. fit. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, Den you know, Denver extended the stay at home order and we're applying for release from like pretty much all this shit. Like, man, we are. Well, yeah, I mean, because we're, we're not as densely populated. We've no. Had, we're, I don't even think we've hit 40 cases here in, no. in this county. No. And so, yeah, to apply those same measures to that they have to uh, use in Denver in a densely populated area to our situation out here, it's not the same problem. So we need to, we can't use the same solution. Yeah. It's, it's kind of common sense. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of where we're getting to finally. And slowly. Th slowly. Yep. And I think that's what people have been kind of like starting to like scream for a little bit more the last couple of weeks. Like, look, man, we were all willing to just go along with this, but something's off, right? Like this isn't affecting everywhere the same. And even where it is affecting, like it's still not as bad. I mean, no offense, man. Like I, I, I dude, lives lost is, is a tragedy at any point in time. But, I mean, when this started, old Cuomo in fucking New York was screaming that they were going to be out of ventilators in, like, a week. 
and and they were crucifying Trump because he wouldn't just send all of the fucking ventilators that we had in reserve to New York in anticipation of of this. They never ran out of ventilators, man. Like they're never going to say this, right? They're never going to go back and point out like we shouldn't have crucified Trump over this, like it didn't end up happening. But due to at the time they were like, "Oh, he's killing people. Like crimes against humanity." Right? And it's like, holy shit. And, 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 you know, Cuomo's been screaming. He's been chicken little, screaming that the fucking sky is falling since the beginning of this thing. And it's none of the shit has happened. Like, none of the things that he has fucking gotten hysterical over have actually panned out. And, and then he gets all pissed off because he's like, the government isn't giving us all the money and all the shit that I, that I say that we need to avoid this thing that hasn't happened yet, but I'm telling you it's going to happen. And he's fucking freaking out. And it never comes to fucking happen. Right? But you don't, we don't hear that. And, and, and the things don't kind of change based on that, you know? And it's still this fucking hysterical rhetoric in areas. And you're just like, man, but it's not the same everywhere. Like Sweden, they never shut down. <clears throat> and they haven't completely just fallen off the face of the earth. No, man. It affected them. But they weren't like worse than other areas. <clears throat> and you have states that never declared the stay-at-home order and they're not faring worse than other areas so like you know something's off man like you know how much good did the whole stay-at-home stuff do like it seems like there was just going to be a certain amount of like damage from this and pretending that this all that tanking the economy and everything that we did like saved what 50 percent you know what I mean? Like that, you know, that's, that's just like what? Like, I, but that's not what's happening, right? Like we're seeing that in areas where they didn't do this, they're not seeing 50% more deaths or some significant amount more. So it's like, so what was the actual, you know, effect? And it's like, okay, if we saved, you know, 10,000 lives, great, man, that's 10,000 lives. That's, I'm not trying to discount the value of that, but it's, it's just, it's a different discussion. Right, like saying we're going to tank the economy and do all the things that we're doing to save two million lives, is a completely different discussion than we're going to do all this to save ten thousand lives. And then again, people will be like, "Oh my God, how could you even? If it was to save one life, it's like, see, that's where it's like, come on, this is not. We can't live life this way. This is like saying, what if my kid gets kidnapped? You never so you, lose you, my sight. You can't leave him out of sight. <laughs> yep. Never so, to leave your house. No. Yep. You can't, you can't live like that. I need 100% safety. Yeah. I cannot live in a world with a single what if. And, and if we saved one person, it was worth it. And it's like, you can't live your life that way. You can't apply that logic to everything. Mm. So, I mean, what's fucked up, man, is like, it's, dude, there's just so much like, you know, ah, oh, fuck. Anyways, I just, people going to work sick. Like the fact that I went to the store the other day. And there's, the thing says, like, you know, when you come in here, you agree to these rules. And one of them was like, if you're sick, don't come in. It's like, why do we have to tell people that, right? Like, like the fact that our society has gotten to the point where people look at, like, again, you watch, like, they got NyQuil and DayQuil and all these. Hey, if you're sick, just take this fucking pill or powder or potion. And, but and, how are you supposed to get it if you're sick and you can't go to the store? Well, but I mean, like, but, but the attitude <laughs> is like, you, but, not, but you're still, you're sick, man. Yep. Why are you going to work? Why are you going out and trying to live your life as normal when you're sick? And you're exposing all these other people, right? Like one of the biggest problems that we have with our kid is him getting sick from parents sending their kids to school when they're sick because they have to go to work. And, and who's going to watch the kid? So unless the kid is full-blown sick, it's like nothing 
to send a kid to school who's marginally sick and then like get a bunch of other kids sick. It's like normal for a coworker to come in with the flu and infect a few more people. You know what I mean? Like we don't like, so but, like that mindset is so fucked up and, and we have like, who does that benefit? Right? We've talked about this before. Like that's not what we would do in the, well, if you were sick, you would be, you'd isolate yourself and rest and get better and then reintegrate yourself with what was going on. And the tribe would fucking support you with that because we that's would expect you to do for, for them. That's what's best for the tribe. best for them, yeah. You know, hopefully, that for hopefully that changes, you know, because right now in society, you know, I'm out in the workforce and that's not the mentality. Well, it is now because of, you know, in light of recent events, but prior to this, like, you would almost look at people if they stayed home being sick, like, ah, oh, that's fucking pussy. Yep. Or you can take a sick day. Yeah, you can take a sick day, you fucking yeah. pussy. Yeah. You can't come to work because you got the sniffles. Yeah. yeah I've, I've thought that and I've said that. I've gone to work sick. Well, let me put it this way. I can't recall the last time I stayed home because I was sick. Yeah. It's, dude, in my adult working life, it's been very few times. That there, I, there was one time, man, this must have been like five years ago. I remember when I first started at FedEx that uh, I came down with a pretty nasty flu. Nasty enough to where I stayed home. Like, I remember, and it was right around Christmas time too. I think it was like right in between Christmas and New Year's. And dude, I was wrecked. Wrecked. And I saw I stayed home. That's, dude, what, once in yeah. five years? Uh-oh. Time Uh-oh. for the Pokemon update, huh? Yes. What's up, Z? And he's got his new... Pokemon jammies. Those are those look pretty sweet, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, Drew has other ones, man. They look like. Yeah, they were both of them were size four five. They were very medium on him, <laughs> especially the shorts. You can tell he's been doing his squats. Nice, <laughs> nice, buddy. Yeah, man. What do we got on Pokemon update time? White Kiram. White Kiram. Aka, stop that. Come here. Hold on. We gotta get Aka <laughs> in the right position. Come here. White Kiram, huh? Okay, what does he do? It has 130 hit points. It's a water type and it's a basic. Its attacks are burning ices, which does 40 damage, and blizzard burn, and blizzard burn, which does 130 damage. Ooh, man, does it have any, like, weaknesses or anything? Its weakness is metal types, which does 20 more damage. Ooh. Its resistance is nothing. Mm, it's resistant to nothing. All right. What, uh, what's the little thing say? It generates a powerful... Haka wants to help with the Pokemon. trying to help. It generates a powerful freezing energy inside itself, but its body became frozen when the en- when the energy leaked out. Oh, huh. That's very interesting. Why'd you choose that guy? Because he looked cool. <laughs> and because, really cool. yeah, he was one of the last cool ones I could see that I haven't shared mm, on the okay. podcast. We've got 800 some odd Pokemon. I'm sure there's a few more cool ones. 801. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing, we got to show Uncle Rob your jumping skills today. Yeah, I want to see those. You think if I lay down, you could jump over me? Uh, I jumped over Dad before. So. Yeah, I would like to do that. Yeah. See if you could jump over me. 
And I cleared the jump even though Dad was laying down and there was still some space Did between you? it. Yeah. And he was like... He probably mm. could have jumped over me and Mommy. That would be really sweet <laughs> if you jumped over me and your dad. No. <laughs> Can we do that yet? No? We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we have markers on the street. I've made shock marks. So you put the ramp and then I got like the foot uh-huh. mark so they could measure how far they were jumping. So. Nice. He can cover, like, his long... On average, he goes between, like, four to five feet. I mean, he can get up to, like, six feet where his rear tire's hitting. One, one time I went kind to close to seven feet. Yeah. Sweet, dude. Yeah, man. He's getting some good air, so... He'll have to maybe warm up a little bit on his bike doing some uh, popping wheelies and stuff. And then we can... Yeah, I would. Jump. If you're gonna jump over me, I prefer you get good and warmed up first. <laughs> not first jump of the day. No, not first jump of the day, buddy. So. <laughs> I don't want to jump. Okay. Hey, you don't have to. No big deal. Right now, I'm okay. not saying I don't want to jump in the office. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, man, anything else? We get went on a nice hike this week. Mm-hmm. It took two hours. Was it? Yeah. We went to the sandstone domes. Your dad showed me a picture of it. It was pretty cool. It yeah. is. Yeah, it was a good. It was a nice hike. So. Well, right on, man. Sounds uh, sounds good. Oh, what do you got? Uh, you told Rob about what you guys are digging across the street. What are you guys making? A hotel. <laughs> Building a hotel? Yep. Cool. Out of the dirt mound, yeah. They got a slide and got some other things going. I had to make some basic rules. You can't, like, dig holes and then jump in. I was telling that to Cooper, but he wasn't listening. Man, listen, you just worry about yourself. (laughs) And uh, you don't want to stick your head in any sort of, like, you know, not like caves. Cave you're digging, just, basically. Yeah, if you're digging like a little cave or room, like don't don't, climb, in don't there. climb in there, man. Don't stick your head in there. No. It's like these things, this fucking stuff can collapse on you. So, we got a few ground rules, but I've given them a good shovel and a bucket, and they got a little. It's not really a pickaxe, but it's kind of like one. It's like a little handheld. Uh, it's just got like flat edges, so mm-hmm. it's not like a. You know, it looks like a little mini pickaxe, but it's just flat instead mm-hmm. of the sharp point so it's good for hacking into hard dirt and breaking it up i thought that one time when we were using it i thought that that thing broke off Mm, yeah well i'm glad it didn't everything's not z-proof as i'm finding out (laughs) boundary knot that's what you are where's the edges so all right, dude. Well, appreciate the Pokemon update. Mm, okay. Cool. Bye. All right, dude. What's your anything else to share? You got anything? No? No. All right. That's <laughs> fine, dude. It's fine. We enjoyed the Pokemon update. We'll, uh, we'll see you in a bit. We're going to check out your jumping skills here at some point. Better eat some breakfast and get warmed up. Oh. All right. Let Doc <laughs> out, man. He wants out. Okay. Cool, man. I already ate dinner. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh... Anyways, I have no idea what we were talking about. 
Oh, the whole calling and sick thing. Yeah, maybe that'll change. As a society, we won't frown on people for not coming into work. Yeah, and infecting everybody and else. Infecting everybody else, which is good. Yeah, man. I mean, the flu kills. Again, I'm not trying. I, you know, this isn't. I understand, right? The system stress and the extra stress is going to break it. I understand what the fuck's going on, but the right. point is, is you still a lot of people die from the flu every year. Yeah. So, and how many people are just giving the flu to people? Oh, I went to work, and it's like, yeah, we're not. We haven't demonized that, right? Like, how many people out there have fucking killed someone? Mm-hmm. Either, either like someone that you gave it to directly, or someone that they gave it to, or like you know, even like five, six fucking passes down the road you know someone ended up getting pneumonia and dying from it so uh yeah i've always you know thought that was an interestingly selfish uh direction that society was going but it was driven by employers right like Mm -hmm. you need to show up uh you know school it really discourages absentees and stuff and so and then kids get rewarded for perfect attendance yeah perfect attendance you get your hamburger yeah so oh dude that fucking that is driving me nuts i cannot believe again like that there's even like you know some good science that says that eating better and exercising will decrease your risk of dying from the coronavirus Mm -hmm. but goddamn, dude we got like Pizza Hut and Little Caesars and Burger King, like all these people are like, oh, you know, we're here to help you. And here's how we're making this, you know, touchless delivery and all these things so easy for you. And it's like, you are the fucking peddlers of poison that have helped get us in this fucking position. And it still just blows my mind that like, really, that like, you know, none of these leaders have come out and said, you know what, the best thing that you can do to help combat this thing, like, yeah, wear a mask, but fucking eat better like stop eating shit food eat real food that would make a huge difference in your ability to fight this off uh and in you know like that would, but no one said that like no one has fucking said that and we when we're still being flooded with you know commercials and running specials and like oh man we got to keep you buying our burgers and shit it's like dude people walk they had this fucking one for little caesars and they're all like you know, you're huddled at home or whatever, and they got this fucking video of this dude on the couch, and the whole family's fucking shoving pizza in their face, and they're all like fat and overweight, and it's all like, what the fuck, man? This is insanity. But anyways, sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, to... it's again. I would hope that would be one of the positive changes, but you're not gonna find a politician that's, you know, an elected official. To demonize or you know talk down to a bunch of his no man people that could potentially vote for him oh like hey some of this is your guys' fault you are fat and lazy and out of shape so you have compromised immune systems if you would just eat better and have some sort of daily exercise program and you don't have to be out there doing CrossFit and fucking burpees and no. crazy shit like physical activity instead of just being a sloth all day long like it would greatly benefit you and. Build your immune system. But the thing is, is when you're, when you get voted in, you know, you rely on votes to get yourself into the job you want. You're not, and a lot of those people voting for you, big fat slobs, you're not going to tell them that. Yeah, these people that are out of, they're, they're the healthy fat. You know, again, like that's the thing that just, you know, and you see these stories. And again, man, any loss of life is tragic. And I'm not trying to minimize it. But the thing is, is, you know, someone was trying to, spin what happened right and you have these younger people 
that are either dying or, uh, you know, read about one who had to, you know, be put in a fucking medically induced coma for nine days or whatever. And, you know, and the, and the story is, yeah, I'm not trying to, it, it sounds fucking, you know, insensitive, but they were all like the people that they're talking about, like they don't mention it, but you know, they show a picture of them and it's like, this person's obviously overweight. Mm -hmm. This person's obviously not like in prime health and, and condition. And the message is not like, hey, look, you know, this is tragic. This, you know, you guys need to fucking take care of your health because, you know, this is a risk factor if you are younger and you do need to be aware of it. That's not the message. The message is that this can kill anyone. You need to be scared. And it's like, that's fucking, that's bullshit that you're, that they're, you know, the, the tragic loss of this person's life and, and the fucking message that they're trying to convey from it is not helpful. Mm. It's not helpful, man. It's not helpful to us moving forward as a good, healthy, robust, functioning society. Yeah. And, you know, on that, on that same vein, I, I had, I've had this theory. All right. That, do this is going to sound very crass and insensitive. But that's what we do on this podcast. And I'm not trying, I'm not doing it for like that comedic effect or to be an asshole. But Mother Nature is a wise, strong, powerful fucking beast. And when we as an organism, uh, when there becomes, I don't want to, I don't know how to say it better, but there's too many of us or we're weak, the universe and Mother Nature figures out a way to call the herd. Yeah. It does. Is this one of those instances to where, you know, this, this, this virus comes in and cause there's a lot, a lot of people that it's taking out or, you know, elderly, you know, fat, sick people. These are the people that tax the system more than disproportionately, disproportionately without coronavirus without the coronavirus. Yeah. And so the, these are the people that are getting taken out by it. I know it's super crass, man. And I hesitate to say it, but Sometimes in nature, these things happen. Yeah. You know, it's, I know it sounds terrible, man. And I don't want to like, for somebody who's lost a loved one to it. Yeah, dude, it's fucked up, man. But as a species, these things happen. They've happened over, over history, time and time again. To where, you know, the weakest members of the tribe or the herd get taken out from something like this. Yeah. And then, and then we come back sh sh stronger because we don't have to put so many resources to these weak members. Because, yeah. you know, as the old saying goes, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And so when we're devoting a bunch of our resources to our weakest links, when we're putting all these policies and programs in place to protect the weakest links, and it fucks, it fucks our whole system up. That's what we're dealing with right now. Our economy just got into the super fucked up spot because we're really trying to protect a lot of these weakest members. But, but I mean, are we though? Because I mean, here's I, I read about uh, they had to shut down a Walmart over in Aurora, right? Because fucking three people associated with it died. I don't know if you read, but I, like, I, I didn't the lady who it. worked there was 72 years old. I know, and she gave it to her husband who was like in his 60s, and then there was like a 69 year old uh, contractor or something that had, I'm like. Why the fuck is a 72-year-old woman going to work at Walmart, man? Like, that makes no sense. Like, the like so you, what you said is, like, that's on the surface. But if we're really trying to protect the, the weakest link, 
then we would be putting more common sense policies into place that are actually protecting the weakest links. Mm -hmm. But we're not. We're putting these policies in that have to appear fair and have to have this appearance of, of, of doing these things. And it's not really saying, like, look, man, if you're over 60 years old, like, you do not need to be going to work. Mm -hmm. and, and so, again, like, I don't know the policies, right? Like, I don't know what the fucking deal is. Like, if Walmart doesn't offer people who are at risk like that, uh, you know, to stay at home and get paid and she felt like she had to come in and work again, like, that just, that speaks to something. But it's like, man, if we're really trying to protect the weakest links, like, what the fuck is a 72-year-old woman doing at Walmart, man? Yeah. Like, that's where everybody's going. And you're putting yourself at risk, like, huge risk. So that, that's where I, I just, I hear what you're saying, I, yeah, yeah, man, like, but yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. We're, we're, you know, we are saying same, same thing, different angles. The policies on the surface in, in these things we're putting out there as a whole, they appear that we're protecting the weakest links. Right. But when you, when you look at to our normal functioning procedures, are we really protecting the weakest links? Right. Right. We're, we're not. We're not. You know, perfect example, man, my mom. I think I don't know if I brought up all the details of this before. You know, she works. She's just she's a lunch lady at yeah. this at, at the schools back in Michigan. She's done it for twenty some thirty years or whatever. She's been doing it forever. Well, they still provide lunches for families that need it. Dude, my mom is. See, like, I'll be forty one here in a couple weeks, so they're they'll be sixty three, sixty four this year, right? She's mid sixties. Um, every year she has respiratory problems. Every year, without fail, she's got she gets some sort of bronchitis, if not once a year, a couple times a year, always. She's not very healthy. She doesn't exercise regularly. She's getting into it, but she just doesn't exercise regularly. She's got a diabetes. She's overweight. She has all these respiratory problems. She's still going to fucking work and serving these lunches. I do. I I told her I was like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah, I don't know. Stay the fuck home. That's the, it makes no sense to me. The people that should be scared of this aren't, and the people yep. that don't need to be scared of this are fucking terrified. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, wh what is going on? What is going on? Like, you guys, have, have the way that they have handled this, has, you've totally missed the message on the people that needed to hear it, and you've scared the fuck out of people that don't, that aren't at risk. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, fuck, man, yeah. Like, that, it does, I don't understand that, but it, again, I think that, uh, I think they're trying to. I mean, that's one of the, the things. And like the, the reopening thing is, uh, you know, still encouraging older people and at-risk people to stay at home. Like it's more of, you know, the... But, but that's what we should have been doing from the jump, but it's not fair. It's not fair. To say, hey, guess what? You're obese. You have diabetes. You, fall, you may be younger, but you're at risk because you have a shitty lifestyle. Yeah. You need to stay the fuck home. Yeah. So, but you can't say that. No. Not in this day and age. Yeah. Like, it's, it's insensitive. It's going to hurt their feelings. Yeah. Like, who gives a fuck? About, it, who cares about your feelings? Yeah. And again, though, it's like half the fucking workforce falls under that category. Yep. So it's like, you know, we would have crippled things. Like, that's, you know, it would have been easy either way. But, yeah, it just doesn't, uh, yeah. And I don't know what the fucking answer is, man. Like, I don't, the, uh, dude, what was it? I was reading something. Because poor Amazon is just taking a beating now. They're like the... The, the popular whipping post for corporate misconduct. Really? And, See, oh, I, yeah. I, I've, I, I've had to completely check out or watching any news and shit. Just yeah. I had to for my own mental health. Yeah. So why is, do Amazon provides us such a great service? You know, I'm, I'm not in the Amazon cult, 
but I am. I use the shit out of them. I'm very thankful for them. Yeah. Why are they getting, you know, smashed over this? Well, I don't understand what the, what's the problem. Man, I think, uh, again, the there's a political angle to it because they're non-unionized. And so this is an opportunity for, you know, workers' rights groups to, oh, to come flying in to the rescue. Uh, and, you know, like they're... I guess the thing is, man, the thing that annoys me is like, all right, people, maybe they're not doing things exactly the way that you think they should be doing them. But it's like, what is their, what is the intention behind it? So when you say like Amazon is racist, like these are racist policies, it's like, wait a minute, man. Like now you're judging the heart, like you're judging the intention of the people who did this. Now maybe, maybe you know, it's misguided. But to say that they're racist makes an assumption about why they did it that one may or may not be true and two is certainly not constructive. Like if you just assume that they're just, you know, racist and they don't care about people and they're kind of fucking semi-evil, like how do you negotiate with that? Right? Like you're just saying right up front, like this is, you know, there's no way we can talk to these people because they're racist and, you know, no matter what they say, it's not going to uh, work. And so... It's, it's, uh, um, it's not fucking constructive to come at it that way, right? So, but there's things that Amazon's doing, apparently, that they feel are putting workers at risk. But part of it is like, like what are they supposed to do? Like, one of the things that they want is if someone at a facility uh, is diagnosed with coronavirus, they're supposed to shut the whole facility down for two weeks for a fucking deep cleaning. And then they reopen. And then someone gets fucking yes, diagnosed yeah. with coronavirus. That's and they're supposed to shut down for... T- it's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable solution, man. It's not. And again, it's like... So, you, you know, like... The, these workers' rights groups are... You know, they, they have this myopic view. They're kind of like these medical health experts that... You know, some people are criticizing Sweden saying like... Well, if they would have taken measures, they would have saved some people. It's like, yeah, from a very myopic, one-sided point of view... Like, yeah, that is. But there's a fucking whole context to this that's going on here. And so, like, yeah, if you understand how business works, you understand that, like, we can't shut down for two weeks and then reopen and then maybe get shut down for another two weeks after a week. Now, we've been shut down for four out of five weeks. Like, we may as well just shut the fuck shut, down. We may as well just shut down. Shut the fuck down. Like, that's what ha- I told you in France, they shut their facilities down. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they were just like, look, we can't deal with these policies. Like, we don't understand them. They're fucking, like, so we're, it's easier for us to just shut down than try to deal with them. And it's like, man, that's what, you know, you keep pushing them and that's what they're going to do. I don't think people will be happier with that. But it's basically like that's the thing is it's there's these safety things that they say that Amazon needs to be doing uh, better. And Amazon's like, look, man, we're doing temperature checks. We're giving everybody masks. We're cleaning the fuck out of this place. Like we're doing everything that we can to try to, you know, on our end. It's like, yeah, if you you can nitpick anything to fucking death, man. Dude. This is, again, you know, we talked about you need to know your history a little bit. If anybody is wondering where this can go or may go, look at the auto industry. Yeah. The UAW, which is the United Auto Workers Union. Uh, It's a, dude, the UAW, I'll probably, I mean, we don't have a ton of fucking listeners that work in the auto industry, but I can speak from firsthand experience. The UAW is what fucked up the auto industry here in America. That's the best of intentions. Originally, but then they just got so fucking... But it's... it's, Dude, I have seen unions run 
businesses out of business and close their doors time and time again. I I grew up, I, dude, I spent 12 years as a machinist. You know, 10 of those years were back in Michigan in the automotive industry. And I would see these mom and pop shops that think they were getting treated unfairly by the, the man. And so they vote the union in and the union comes in and they end up running the fucking shop out of business. And then these asshole union workers are outside cheering like we won we won you just ran yourself out of a job you stupid fuck you you cause this business to close but all, since now your team union you won dude you it sounds ridiculous but i've seen that happen yeah several fucking times it's not what you want man yeah and it's not what you want <clears throat> and i see i've seen the writing on the walls with this and i i've, I've seen it naked so what are you going to have? The package handler unions of America to, you know, develop this fucking union and get their rights and then run Amazon out of business? Well, Amazon's right. going to pass those costs on. You know yeah, what I mean? They, like, they, they, fucking idiots. Yeah. Pay attention. Go go read up on some history, man. Go read up on the union history in Michigan and don't read it from, find some sources that aren't pro-union standpoints and read the actual history of what happened. Dude, it's not a good thing. Yeah. And it, it doesn't end well. No, no. Go look, go look at how abandoned all these factories are and all these fucking jobless rates and the state of the economy back in Flint, back in Detroit. If you think I'm full of shit, go look at it. Tell me how good that ended, how good that worked out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't, man. I'm sorry, I get charged when I think about it. Because yeah, I, we've dude, talked about it before, man. I've yeah. seen it firsthand. I know. I've, I've probably talked about it many times. Cause, dude, it pisses me off. Yeah. Because yeah, I've seen the fucking... They, they again. It, it, it's like this situation to where it's done under the guise of your own good and your own safety. It's, it's yeah. It's frustrating. It's man. a different environment today than when unions really had their like their place. Right. It, like today, the the social pressure to do the right thing for your workers is great enough to where the need for a union is just not the same. Mm -hmm. Like there didn't used to be any social pressure to treat your workers right. Right. And so that's where the unions were necessary because workers were being mistreated, like grossly mistreated uh, because of that, just totally taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. But man, to compare, you know, Amazon and what they're doing to, I mean, some of the shit that they're asking, like the two weeks to shut down, um, you know, they've already said that people that have uh, are, are have conditions that put them at risk can stay home and be paid. Yep. But they do have like a date that they're asking them to come back. And, you know, there's been no talk of just unlimited unpaid time off. It's like, how are they supposed to... You, you can't run a business if you have a significant percentage of people who you have just granted unlimited paid time off. Like, that's not how things work. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, man. Dude, dude, that happened at GM exactly. There's many different programs to where people were sitting home collecting fucking 80, 90% of their pay for months, if not years on end. And I've talked about it on here, you know, these job bank programs and stuff. Yeah. Dude, it's not sustainable. How is it, how do you expect a, a company to stay afloat having 50% of his workforce off getting paid all their benefits, all their full wages, but they're not doing anything for you. Yeah. They're not making any money for you. What do you, how is that fucking sustainable? Yeah. It, there's, God, there's such a lack of common sense there. Yeah. It's not sustainable. No. And like the thing that I, you know, also just, it's like, man, you, 
when you went to work for Amazon, you made an agreement with them. You knew what the deal was, and you agreed to it. And this is a, you know, like you have the right to leave. If you don't like what's going on, fucking leave. You can quit and go find another job. That's what makes America great. Yep. And and so, but to to all of a sudden use this opportunity to start, you know, uh, misrepresenting things and trying to, you know, cast Amazon in this draconian role of the evil, uh, you know, corporate company taking advantage of the poor. Uh, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, person of color uh, working in the front lines, it's just, it's just, it's fucking maddening, man. And like I said last time, like, I hope Amazon shrugs. I hope they do the Atlas shrug thing. And they're just like, you know what, man? Fine. Fuck it. Like, try living without us. And I mean, partially, like, I, as, as great as having Amazon is, like, we live in an area where that's not really going to affect us terribly. Mm-hmm. Like, we can do without Amazon. There's fucking areas, man, especially in like the city and, and that like you really rely on Amazon to deliver shit to you, especially not have to get out and be exposed and all these other things. So it's like, like, man, that's the, that's the, the, the thing. Like you're, you're potentially putting all of these other people at risk over this, right? Cause if you guys push to the point that Amazon has to close down, which they've demonstrated that they will, then now you're you now you have put all these other people at fucking risk because of your myopic, you know, potentially selfish views of the situation. Yep. So that's the thing I, I just I don't get, man. It's like, you know, you're I don't see anything that Amazon is doing that you can really point to and just be like, that's evil. Like that's wrong. It's like, man, I could see where if you were the worker, you would like it more if they did it this way. I can understand that. But as a business owner myself, I can understand why some of those things aren't sustainable. And you're, you're not even a business owner and you can understand that shit because you, you know, you're smart enough to look at things from the big picture and realize like the guy at the top has to make money because if he doesn't make money, he's not going to have any reason to pay me. Yep. And so if I put that guy out of business... What good are you That's doing? not a victory. No, it's not it's a victory. It's not a victory, man. <laughs> Putting Jeff Bezos out of business is not, not a victory. Not a victory. Fucking people, man. Yeah. I know, you know what's funny is I I say that, I made that statement, fucking people. Because that reminded me, because it was about, you know, during last week's episode, I was, no, I had kind of stopped watching, I, was, I don't watch news much anymore, but I was watching these coronavirus task force updates yeah. regularly, just staying kind of tuned in and plugged in to what's going on. But I've had, dude, I've had to like just check out all that shit. You and I talked about it briefly last night yeah. in training. I was like, it has, honestly, it's not going to affect how I still live my day-to-day life. No. It, it really, it really doesn't here. And dude, it's, I'm still kind of coming out of this really negative fucking headspace because this was just, I was getting so frustrated with all this shit. And I remember making that comment to myself or to my friends, you know, like, Fuck people. That's that was it. Like I'm so sick of people right now. Yeah. I'm just so sick of fucking nonsense and irrational decisions and behaviors and like, dude, so frustrated. Just so completely frustrated with everything. Yeah. And I just feel it boiling over the past couple of weeks. And finally, I was just like, fuck people. I'm so sick of people because there's so much ridiculous shit going on. And so yeah, it's yeah. It's, yeah. No, I did the same thing, man. I had to stop. Like I'll I'll just do like a brief run through. But the like the headlines or whatever in the morning. But yeah, I, I don't. I stopped checking shit. I mean, there for a minute, man. Like, like 
shit was breaking by the hour. Right. I, I mean, so, like, there was a reason to pay attention to the news and to pay attention to the news on a regular basis. But we're out of that phase. Yeah. And we're back to where, like, okay, this is a bunch of political nonsense. And it's really not, like, like what's going to happen is going to happen. Like, there's nothing I can do to affect it. I'm just going to have to go with the flow either way. And so, yeah, me paying attention to it and getting all upset and my blood boiling over all this ridiculous nonsense. Doesn't do any doesn't good. Doesn't do any good. Mm-hmm. But did you hear the fucking leader of North Korea maybe dead or dying? Yeah, it looks like the their contingency plan is they got some chip they're going to put in place. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know they had a contingency plan. Yeah. Or, what, Kim Jong-un? Yeah, he's yeah. not the healthiest of human beings. And he had some sort of operation. It's not going well in the recovery stage. Apparently, yeah, I don't know. And so, yeah. I think there's some crazy looking bitch that's going to get put in charge. Ooh. If he... <laughs> Ooh. I, I just, again, I didn't look into it a lot. I, I'm doing one of those things where I read the headlines. And I, I watched like a three-minute YouTube video on it. You know, yeah. that, that's it. That's the extent of my research. So, if you're coming to us for your news, well... You fucked up a long time ago. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So, if you don't make it, it looks like some crazy bitch is going to be hmm. having the finger on the Damn it. button of uh, North Korea's nukes. Well, If they have any. Yeah, I guess they would have some sort of plan. I was hoping they didn't and, like, maybe it would create an opportunity. For what? I don't know. To fucking free those poor motherfuckers. Oh, no, dude. Some regime like that, they are not going to give up control. Yeah, no. They got plans in place, dude. They got dude. plans. They got plans. Yeah, they got, their plans have plans. Yeah, they're, yeah. So, they're, not, they're not giving up control of that country. No. North Korea is not going to be liberated. You're not going to catch them with their pants down, I guess. No. <laughs> Even if their leader dies, they got a plan. They got a plan. So, all right. Well, yeah, that was interesting, though. I guess the whole, he just disappeared. So, they're uh, assuming... I haven't checked up on it lately. This is a few days ago. I watched some YouTube video on it. Yeah, I don't know. I call it window. But I don't know. That was the it would be thing. nice. It is a nice hope to think that all of North Korea could be liberated. Yeah. Those poor bastards get live the live life like the rest of us. But yeah, I don't, and see, it. I don't see it happening. Yeah, that story like I was in the Douglas MacArthur autobiography that I read because um, he was the commander in korea and that's when all that shit went down like korea south korea north korea were like officially formed and it uh yeah it was the the communist the chinese came in and helped them and helped establish that that northern government there and so it was been a it was a puppet fucking government from the beginning that kind of got out of control a little bit (laughs) but yeah, it's a fucking sad story. I mean, at one point, they had pushed like the, the communists out of North Korea for the most part. And then that's when the Chinese came in and basically pushed back. And where they were able to hold the line, the 38th parallel or whatever it was, like that's where they eventually negotiated North and South Korea. But yeah, man, the fucking U.S. was on the Chinese border. And uh, as I remember, I'm pretty sure they were pushing to fucking keep going and get rid of China, too. Yeah, man, you saw that communist uh, government in charge of three billion people or whatever the fuck it is, however many is over there. Like, that can't be good. No, it's not good. Should have nipped that in the bud in the beginning. But, you know, what are you going to do? Hindsight, I guess. Hindsight. It's always a bitch, but... 
Oh, wow. So, uh, man, what the fuck was I going to... I thought I had something training-related to ask you. That's a problem. You know, there's not much going on in the jiu-jitsu world right now. So it doesn't give us a ton of fucking... Not that we talk a ton of jiu-jitsu on here. Yeah. But we're still training. Fuck it, we're going to keep training. Yeah, still working on some shit. It's funny, though, man. I will say, without my Saturday drill classes, like, I feel like... I don't know. Like, my jiu-jitsu is getting better, but in a different way. Like, not as because without the ability to like okay pick something apart and then work on it and then work on integrating it because it's just been basically just rolling mm-hmm. and uh yeah it, it's a little different i don't it's it's harder for me to uh it's hard to learn new shit that way it's really about polishing up things that you got i mean especially, i guess the way that we're because we got a fucking map full of killers mm-hmm. uh, we're not rolling with a bunch of you know white belts or whatever so it's tough rounds. So. <laughs> yeah, there's no easy rounds. And our our select socially distanced group that we've been training with, you know, there's what six, seven of us basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not an easy round. I go away from a lot of those training sessions feeling less about myself. <laughs> Fuck. Oh yeah. Yeah. Last night was definitely one of those. But uh yeah, so, but without that drill aspect of it, like, I'm, I'm coming to realize, like, man, that is a super important part of uh, progressing your jujitsu is just having that time to... It is important, but it, it's, again, it's it's kind of like we talked about before, like, you got these different countries trying different solutions to the same problem. Yeah. It's just, it's uh, not drilling and spending most of your time rolling. It's just a... Uh, different solution to the problem of getting better at jiu-jitsu yeah you know you can approach getting better at jiu-jitsu from all different angles and this is just what i, I kind of like you know it's funny as i was thinking about this just the other day because we haven't had drill class in a while and i kind of like it right now like it's just all every time i go get on the mat it's just training yeah and it's dude it's fun it's fun shit, and i kind of like it because drilling is not always fucking fun you know right what I mean? it's, it's, it is definitely valuable but and I know we'll get back to it, but I'm not ready to get back to it yet. I'm, not <laughs> I'm having too much fun rolling. Yeah. No, it is good, man, to just focus on the rolling side of it. Because you can definitely learn stuff mm-hmm. doing that. I, I still, even though, um, you know, a lot of rounds, dude, they're all tough rounds. Most most of the rounds, I'm getting my ass whooped. You know, we just, like, we got a bunch of fucking gorillas on the mat. But I'm still trying new solutions yeah. to the problems that these gorillas are fucking putting, you know, presenting to me. Yeah. So it's, you know, I'm still getting to explore and learn just the, uh, the learning curve is different because the consequences for you trying something are very <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you fuck it up. <laughs> you Get your it. leg on the wrong side and you leg drag yourself. <laughs> You're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, I'm the fucker did not need any help, man, <laughs> doing that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is, uh, it is different. I'll say it's probably... You know, harder for people who don't have as much experience to do. It is. You know, just, you know, white and blue belt, you know, there's, it, I think it's, the drilling probably has more, can can help speed up, if done right, right? Like, Correct. you can definitely do it wrong. It's not muscle memory you're looking for. It's like understanding how to apply the concepts to this problem. And then, then once you get an understanding of that, then applying it, going live. But when you don't understand, when you don't have like a, a good base of answers to pull from to try some new things on it's uh it's not the same thing yeah agreed you gotta have a fair amount of experience 
um, and just time on the mat to make what we're doing right now more beneficial. Yeah. You you you, t- you take some pretty new white belt or even blue belt. He's not going to be extracting much value out of this. Maybe pan- developing pandem- some weird habits. Pandemic style of training that we've developed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it's fun. Man, I wonder, man, like what percentage of jujitsu people are doing something jujitsu related? Like whether you've got like a training partner that you're just drilling with, or whether you're you got like some sort of grappling dummy, or like, solo you. drills, or you know what I mean, like but, like something yeah. that you would say like that's not that's not working out. That's like something directly related to jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. What do you? Man, that's tough to say. I bet you there's more people doing what we're doing than we're privy to. Yeah. Doing underground training clubs, fight clubs going on. Especially in areas like, like where, this. Like this, yeah, man. Where we are smaller, yeah. smaller areas that have like small little training facilities anyways. They, yeah. I bet you more of this is going on than not. And just right. they're not put, obviously, just so they're not getting blasted socially. They're not posting about it or right. you don't hear about it. So, Yeah. I don't know. And then the amount of people at home that are actually, if they have a grappling dummy or if they're doing jiu-jitsu specific type stuff, the, the truly obsessed people are, you know, whatever. So whatever that percentage of people is, who's fucking, who was bitten by the bug. I'm concerned the people that weren't like, that were just starting to get bit by the jiu-jitsu bug and yeah. then this happens, how many of them it's going to derail and they're not going to come back to jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's going to be, a, there's going to be a significant number of that. Yeah. White belts and blue belts drop off. Just naturally. Naturally. And then yeah. you put this in this roadblock in place. That's yeah. going to screw up a lot of people's jiu-jitsu. I know, man. I was, I was thinking about that. Like, I mean, what percentage of people that train at Grand Valley would you say are doing something? Like 50%? Probably less. Less. Yeah. I'd say more like 30%. 30% to 30%, give or take. I think that's probably pretty indicative for the... The rest of the jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu world. world as a whole. Like, you got your 30% that are... This is, It's just who you are. It's just the fucking lifestyle. It's like, I'm, I'm going to find a way to train uh, somehow, some way. And But yeah, that is the, uh, the minority for sure. I'm sure you got a lot of people who are working out. Right. You know, I, I would say like percentage of jiu-jitsu people that are, are working out and doing something like that's I'll probably, probably over 50 percent yeah 50, I would say that's, that's probably 60 70 percent yeah. I may even you know go out you go and higher, say, yeah but yeah are they doing jiu-jitsu specific stuff right or are they just hitting the kettlebell <clears throat> workouts right. and, and whatever to kind of stay in shape so which is something which is good but it's uh yeah that truly obsessed like I'm even if it's just doing some solo drills at home or something like I gotta keep Keep moving in a jujitsu specific way to keep things just keep familiar, man. Yeah, 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 man. Keep those neural pathways firing somehow. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. So yeah, it will be interesting, man, when it comes back. I was talking with uh, with Lance. Uh, he's got that school up in Maryland, and man, I don't know if I told you. He said if I heard him correctly, and I'm like, and that's this is what's going on, but like. They're not even talking about doing phase one of the reopening until like the middle of June. Really? Yeah. He's in, he's basically in the Baltimore area. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's right. Yeah, he's in the that area there. So you know, I mean, that's definitely like you know one of the hot spot areas for sure. Um, but he was saying it's kind of like here, like like personally, like locally, 
like they haven't really seen it. Like there hasn't been this, you know, huge outbreak or anything like that. So, you know, people are a little kind of like, all right, like I still can't go to the park with my kids and there's nobody in the hospital over this. Like what's, you know, going on here. But, uh, I guess like as a, you know, as a total though, they're, they're looking at something like that. But, you know, he was saying that they've got, uh, you know, the, they're doing like fitness, like online fitness stuff. Like they're still selling, uh, things, you know, to get people involved. There's a lot of people are looking for at home workout stuff now, but yeah, the jujitsu thing he was saying, like we're, he was trying to figure out like, you know, how do we keep them involved? Like there's ways to keep other people involved, but like, you know, doing a jujitsu class through zoom is not the same thing. So how do you keep that involved? And like, I think we talked about that. Like there's so many other things like, man, a regular, it's, gym or almost anything man it's so easy to use the internet to keep people involved on some level jiu-jitsu is the fucking opposite then you need people man you have you, to you, yeah you need training partners it's not the same thing it's not so yeah he was saying they might look at uh doing like a like a you know breakdown match breakdown like just kind of like beers and and breakdown uh hour so just you know everybody come on zoom and just drinking beers and talking shit and breaking down matches or something like that. I was like, I could see that. Like that could, you know, jujitsu guys might, gals might get into that. But, uh, yeah, it's a hard, yeah, it's going to be interesting, man, to see what happens when we can go back. Because again, jujitsu schools will be the last thing back. So, it, uh, it was weird, man. Because jujitsu was growing. It was like so fucking popular, just growing by leaps and bounds. And this just uh, came to a screeching halt. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really going to be interesting to see what shakes out in the jiu-jitsu world from this. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's... I mean, if you think about, like, how many... Cause I mean, on some level, like, the progression of jiu-jitsu has been tied into, like, the money that's been coming into jiu-jitsu and the fact that athletes can make a legitimate living either through sponsorships or competing or seminars and stuff like that, right? I mean, would you... Yep, I would, I would agree. Yeah. And all those things just stop. Yeah. When, and it, dude, and when even when it gonna, comes back, what's it going to look like? Dude, when is there going to be jiu-jitsu tournaments again? Yeah. That's what I was saying last night. I was like, man, I hope Seth fucking gets old Fight Island from Dana so he can put on a fight to win or something. Yeah, man. man I, I've, I've been thinking about poor Seth because like, that's what he does, man. He puts on tournaments. Every the weekend fight, he the had something The fight to wins. Yeah. And, I mean, I know the guy's smart and resourceful. I'm, I'm sure he's getting by. But, like, all the people that he employed, you know, like, fuck, man. Like, because that's one of our own, you know, yeah. I'm not personal friends with South or anything, but he's one of our jiu-jitsu guys doing what that guy's done for the jiu-jitsu community is huge. Yeah. Like, that guy is, he's been one of those pioneers just out there just pushing it, man. He's been putting on tournaments for 15 years now. And yeah. He, he had those little tournament of champions going on back when I moved here in 2000. <laughs> Whatever fucking year that was, you know, 2007. And so he's been doing the damn thing since then. And then all of a sudden, that's just like, nope, not anymore, motherfucker. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that's... Dude, even like IBJJF, you know, yeah. they've had to cancel all their shit. Like, yep. yeah, I, I've thought about that. Like, is there going to be a jiu-jitsu tournament this year? It's very possible there won't be. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's such a... Because it's one thing to have, like, a group of athletes, even like a combat sport where you have, like... You know, man, the amount of people at a jiu-jitsu tournament... Just all be packed fun. in there. Yeah. On top of each other. They all got to get tested. To, yeah, like, come or on. Whatever. It's not like, feasible. Yeah, it's not feasible. So, like, realistically... I mean, I could see it being more feasible that he puts on a pro show 
and you know maybe don't, right. don't even have a crowd there. Yeah, you know, kind of the same venue, same thing like these other venues. Old school Metamorphs, remember that one? Yeah, yeah, did. Yeah, they had so, the, the, kabo- the drummers. I, I bet you anything. He's probably already thinking about that and how to do that. I yeah. can see that being a possibility, but as far as just a good old fashioned jiu-jitsu tournament, yeah, I think we're a long ways away from that. Yeah, until they get this shit squared away. Yeah, yeah, but like I say, man, there's a lot of people who like they're able to to focus only on jujitsu because they're able to make money off of jujitsu. Yep. And like that is definitely helped like the, the, the you know, the progress. Like the the progress of jujitsu man has been like exponential. You know, it hasn't been this like fucking curve. It's like every year mm-hmm. you know, like it's like fuck man, how like the level just since I've gotten into it and seen where it's gone and just you know, the every year where it just gets fucking better and better and better. And it's because these guys are driving themselves and they have the motivation. And so you take that away, you know, you don't have as many people doing jujitsu or you don't have, so now you don't have the companies who are able to make the money. They can't do the sponsorship. So athletes aren't getting paid. Athletes, so the tournaments. Drops off. Yeah. You can't because you got to figure out how to survive. So if you can't survive doing your sport, so then what do you do? Yeah. So then the interest falls off. Yeah. It's- Might be a weird little nuclear winner for jujitsu for a couple of years, man. It's just going to take so long for it to get back to quote unquote normal. It's like one of the hardest sports and activities to get back to normal on some level. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take so long to do it. And then just like having to recover from the fallout from that. So yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. I'm just, you know, looking at, yeah, I, I love the sport. That's why I like, I'm, that's why I, I think about it. And it's like, I don't. I don't want to say like I'm worried about it, right? Like I'm not worried about jujitsu. Uh, yeah, I, well, to a little bit, to a little bit of degree. Not I, 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 like the jujitsu community and the schools, but like right. jujitsu. Are you worried about no, jujitsu? I'm not worried about jujitsu. Right. Exactly. The spirit of jujitsu is going to be fine. Right. Right. But what that means for us, like how we're going to be able to enjoy that and express that and stuff like that, like that's going to be impacted. I, I think. Yeah, man. I think what we're doing right now to where we're training with those small groups. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be the normal for a while. And it's it's going to take it back to the old school days. Yeah. To where, you know, I was training and renting mat at Taekwondo gyms and wrestling rooms and just groups of small groups here and there and guys' basements just training. That's going to be more the norm. It's going to kind of get back to that. Yeah. The, the old garage days, you know, I like to call it. It's going to be like that for a while, I think, before... It gets back to where it was. Yeah. I mean, even then, even getting back to where it was going to take a while. Yeah, that's something else Lance was saying. He's got, he's talked to some of his uh, members, and they said, like, man, even after you guys open up, it's going to be, like, two or three months till I come back in. Like, because... People were just scared. Yeah, people, like, yeah, having that close of contact and everything, people are want to wait a few months and see, like, what happens. You know, how does this shake out? So, yeah, even after they open the doors... You know, people are going to be worried, but they're going to be hesitant because they want to see what happens to the people that are doing it. But that being said, we are you guys as lab rats because we're out there doing it already. Yeah. So we haven't died. No, not yet, man. Not yet. Not so. yet. But no, I mean, you got to be smart. I think, I think that there's a there's a difference between being smart and being scared. And and I think that's the the problem is is there's a lot of things that people are doing they're saying that this is smart but really it's you're you're being scared and it's like you know having this blanket thing like man you know what dude if you're in new york city you need to be fucking smart right you do not need to be doing what we're doing i, I mean I, w- I would say no, I, agree? I agree i agree 100 percent, man like i would not if i lived in new york i would be going about this much different 
but than I am living here in fucking Fruta. But that's, but I'm going to be smart even living here in Fruta. It's like, okay, I'm going to be smart, but I'm going to be smart based on the situation. Like, what does smart for Fruta mean? And that's going to be different than what smart for Denver means, smart for fucking New York means. Like, it's, there, there's no blanket. This is smart for everyone in every situation and every location, mm-hmm. right? So I do just want to say, that, like, we are saying, like, we're training, we're doing this stuff. But one, man, like, if you're in an area, like, when we're not judging anyone. I mean, because if you're not and you feel like, hey, man, you're, you make the best decision that you're making, right? Like, if you feel like not training and, and, and isolating and quarantining yourself is the best thing to do, then, man, I, I respect that, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're taking the information and you're doing it, right? I'm not going to call you immoral for killing little fucking babies in the Congo for helping shut down the economy, <laughs> right? But, it, uh, but yeah, man, so don't call me a killer for if I choose not to, right? Like, right. we're all just doing the best we can. And, and two, man, like, you do, I do think you need to apply smart decision-making to where you're at and your location, so... You know, I feel like we're being responsible adults and, and applying smart, uh, you know, smart ways of doing things to our situation. But I do just want to throw that out there, right. man. I, I am not in any way saying that, that how what we're doing here is how everybody should be doing this. Everybody should be just fuck this thing, and because I definitely think it's real. Yeah, it's real. Well, no, you know, that's why I want to bring this up before we uh, close it up today. But you know, you say it's real. Jokingly, because our good friend Adam that we haven't talked shit about in a long time, yeah. Fat Adam, dude, that guy, he's in New York right now. You know, he's a traveling nurse. Yeah. So he's in New York right now. He, dude, he's staying in the Bronx. I don't know what hospital he's at, but he's in there working, you know, doing the damn thing. And yeah, man, I commend him for that. And hey, I sent him a text because he sent me a picture of like he was, he's in the Bronx, like in a hood. Right. He sent me some pictures of it. And we were texting back and forth the other day. And I was like, so I was like, so are you. So is this coronavirus thing real? Or is this a hoax? And are you just a government shill? <laughs> he was like, well, I don't know. You know, tomorrow will be my first, you know, uh, shift at the hospital, and I'll let you know. And so the next day, I texted him. I was like, all right, all right. So is this thing a hoax or what? He's like, all I got to say is like, there's some really sick fucking people here. Yeah. And so I mean, yeah, it's definitely a real thing, man. Fuck yeah, man. It's definitely a real thing. It's something to be respected. But and yeah, so your everybody's situation is different. Yep. You know, and you see, you just you can't take what we're doing and apply it if you're living in Detroit or Denver or New York. Like you can't apply it. No, it's different. You got you got to take the situation you're in, be intelligent about it, and then and then move forward. Yep. So it's yeah, and and don't judge somebody if they're not doing the same. Even if you guys live in the same area, but you guys you two of you see it differently, it doesn't mean you one one of you is better or smarter than the other one. You just we all have access to the same information. Yeah. You just got to take it in and make your best judgment for what's your best decision for what's best for you and your family and your loved ones. Like, yeah, that's it. And if for you sure. say, if you choose to stay home, fucking, that's cool, man. Yep. That's, a, that's what you want to do. I'm, that's fine. You tried it for a week. Yeah, I did. I, I didn't train for 12 days. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was so new and I was just like, fuck, what is this thing? Like, is this the right thing? Like, I, well, obviously I want to train, but should I be training? Like, I was kind of wrapped up in a little hysteria at the beginning of it. Dude, again, and I, I was like, man, you do what you feel is best. Like, I, yeah, and but as information changed. Change, yep. I changed. Okay, I was like, well, okay. all right. Yeah. So. so, anyways, yeah, I think that's important. People need to stay safe. Yep. Because it is Do real. what you think is right. Do what you think is right. Don't judge other motherfuckers. I mean, dude, unless somebody walks in and they're like 
coughing. You know what I mean? Like if someone's obviously sick and I don't know, even then, because they're like, well, they're not. I don't know if anybody's fucking coughing. You shouldn't be coughing around other motherfuckers mm-hmm. in general. Like that's the thing. Like you have to wear a mask, and the, and the mask is not to protect yourself, right? We've talked about this. The psychology behind it is very interesting because mm-hmm. it's not a personal responsibility thing. It's like you're you're putting me at risk for not wearing your mask. But it's really, it's if you like sneeze or cough or something like that, and it's like, like why again? Why are people just sneezing and coughing around other people? Like that's, you shouldn't be doing that anyway. That's how you spread fucking germs in general, right? So, so you just apply some fucking common sense and, and social decency. But uh, anyways, yeah, don't judge motherfuckers. We're going to yeah. train. <laughs> train. That being said, I say we wrap it up. And yeah, man. Go train. Let's do it. Cool. Okay. See you. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now. So get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Die. Me, myself, he died.